It's the Dirty Sheets Podcast back once again. It's a Friday. That means you get your dirty sheets. I'm Kev Manning. I'm from the Lingus Mafia Podcast. All my nonsense. Just look for at Lingus Mafia. You can find your ways to me. I'm along with your betting extraordinaire slash autograph master. You get all the autographs. Um, and your... Uh, wrestling source your number one source for all of your wrestling news and we have uh quite a bit to talk about this week and that is mr billy body ladies and gentlemen he's the best at everything so i do it <laughs> mr modest himself mr billy body ladies and gentlemen <laughs> if, if i if i i'll be the best at it otherwise no point oh god i, I, I like I, the thing is like when people say you know, their critique about you and, you know, if they they don't like you or whatever. And it's a lot of people say, I agree with a lot of what he says. And then they do the same thing, which I've told you a million times where I'm like, just do your fucking news. Give your opinion. People are enthralled. They, they all want to hear your opinion on these things in wrestling and your news in wrestling because you're right on the money with it. And I'm like, you get caught in the weeds with all the other shit. Where I'm like, I've, I've told you, you can own the fucking world the other way. I was looking through YouTube because I was trying to find something. Um, I was looking on there for something old of Russo. I was trying to find something. I can't mm -hmm. remember what it was specifically about. Um, and I put my name in. And all of these fucking podcasts are talking about me. They're or they're all smaller than us. There's some Scottish guy. He's like super woke and he's offended by this. And he's got a list of oh. what he's offended by. But he's been offended for six years. But he carried <laughs> on making his list. So <laughs> this is what I don't understand. It's like it must work to some level because there's a portion of people who are making lists of what they're offended by. But the problem with being offended is that by definition, once you are offended, you should stop listening. Your list should end the moment you are offended. Or you could be like, uh, let me go back and see if he offends me again. Yep, I'm really done now. They like Two to pick strikes, a scab on themselves and, and make themselves hurt. Three strikes, yeah, maybe. You're out. If you've been listening since 2017 till now, we would be over 300 strikes <laughs> in to the way that I offended you. So why did you keep listening, you dumb fuck? Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, they, they're not really offended. They're trying to find something that might offend other people. Like, they're trying to tell you to be offended when they're not actually offended themselves. Like, it's just crazy. This guy had a full-on list from incidents <laughs> dating back to me, banned from Twitter. From two, this, this video is bizarre. It's all full of lies. It's like, oh, he Russo had enough. And all these first of all, he's saying how all these guys are so appalling. Steve, we tweeted Steve Richards, he didn't care. We tweeted Al Snow, he didn't care. We tweeted Ben Hameen, he didn't care. Disco didn't care. He laughed at us. Uh, Vince Russo ignored all of our emails. Then he went on to Conan's show. Conan ignored me. Disco ignored me again. It's like, yeah, dude, because the content's good and everybody wants me to do their show and nobody's ever fired me. Under no circumstances did Russo want to lose all of those people that, that came across um, one of the most popular shows on his network. Still let me go back on three weeks ago, even after that fallout. 
Wasn't he was the Conan about show how, firing, though? The Conan show said they wanted to take a break and have you back on yeah. after you, quote-unquote, like, straightened up or something. I, I don't know what you would call that, then. Straightened up from doing something I did since the day I got there. Um, so, yeah. like <laughs> they no, did it tell you to it. calm it down. It wasn't, I mean, you started from day one, but eventually they told you they didn't want you to do that anymore, which was, like, what, attack people or whatever. But ultimately, it's me that turned around and said, you don't pay me enough to tell me what to do. I got you. So, you know, it's 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 always me. Like, th- th- these these people can warn and do whatever they want, but come NFL season and come when the soccer season come restarts, and especially on a weekend like this where the Champions League final is going to be happening, they, they're going to have wanted me on the show. They're going to have wanted me on the show telling them that Novak Djokovic was going to win today as a, as a plus 200 underdog against this new 19-year-old kid where where he was made a huge favorite. And I was like, nope, that's wrong. It's not going <laughs> to... It's different. The big, big tournament's different. Like, you know, it's fucking... It's like... Um, it's playoffs. It's the big you know, time. Mahomes, it's like fucking Mahomes year one going up against Brady year 12. Something like that. This is what this, this, is mm. what this matchup was if you, you make it the equivalent of something... That you would understand, yeah. Um, but but so it was me. I was just like, yeah, Brady wins. That, that's what how I felt about Djokovic, and he and he did win easily. Um, but yeah, they don't have any of that, and they're missing out because their sports show probably sucks, and no one probably listens to it now because the only qualified expert is gone, and the only person bringing in anything that wasn't opinions is gone, and and their whole thing on their show is like, oh, clickbait taglines like. Um, the real reason behind this and the real reason behind that. You don't know the real reason about anything. The only person that knew the real reason behind stuff was the guy doing the news. You're just two fucking WCW rejects who are broken down that don't have any news. And this fucking dickhead Conan constantly is digging at me on the show. He gets a letter, there's a little comment on there. And these people, these brain-dead wrestling fans in this community have seemed to be under the impression that, oh, he's gone and he's dead and, oh, he's, he, he got fired and now he's got nowhere to go. I've been doing this show for nine years. And that was, but that was, that's like off Steel Cage. With Steel Cage, is 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. been doing it for 10 years. There was times where I just didn't give a fuck and I just did it out of spite. When, when Nick left, I just carried on out of spite. I put a thing on there saying um, I, I put a thing on there saying the show they tried to ban, hoping that they would ban it. Openly just saying, yeah, Cab, we'll just carry on until we get kicked off and we'll just say everything until we do get kicked off. And no one did. Instead, we got fucking started getting job offers from Vince Russo for a job and then keep it 100 for a job. And none of that was supposed to happen because I don't care about any of this social climbing bullshit. And this fucking idiot sits there on his show and he's all like, oh, yeah, he hasn't got any listeners. Oh, we got 26 listeners. It's one more than Billy Barty. <laughs> Dude, shut the fuck up. You're an old fucking man who wrestled in the peak of the Attitude Era and you don't have a pot to piss in. You're begging people to from keeping it 100 to make sure that you're not keeping it one kidney so that they can fucking donate to you because you pissed all your money away on drugs 
and alcohol and whatever the fuck you did it in. Like, I don't know if you have children. I assume you have. I assume you're a big fucking disappointment to them because all your fucking money and all your achievements have been pissed away. So you have to sit there desperately doing a fucking podcast, begging people for jobs, asking people on your show to make apologies so you don't lose the tiny bit of income that you're getting from the Mexican company that you've booked for. Then you need to be in line keep in line with aw then you need to hope that wwe give you a job so maybe you get a few more patreons on a podcast that you need to do i don't need to do shit i don't need to do anything because my house is paid for and my car is paid for and they're both better than what you drive and where you live you dickhead so i didn't wrestle in wcw i didn't need to and I'm still more successful than you. And I'm going to live longer because you're going to be dead after 10 years. You're not going to make it past 10 years with your with your health. And you've done it all to yourself. You're to blame for your income and your health and everything else that's wrong with you. So before you sit there going, oh, he's only got this many listeners. I got more listeners than you. Check the fucking charts, dickhead. I'm also across multiple podcasts doing multiple things. This is 2% of my income. And I don't even monetize it properly. Not once this this week did I bother looking at how to put a fucking advert on this show. Because if I did, I'd be making more money than you doing your thing that you actually did during its peak. And you pissed your money away. And you're sitting there. You can't fucking breathe. You can't speak. You're on dialysis and you don't have any money. Shut the fuck up, you old fuck. So let's move on from him. <laughs> I was just That's all from him saying... 27 listeners. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, fuck him. Right? I, I've, gone, I've gone easy on this fucking, I've gone easy on this fucking loser for, for a long time. Where, where's think the original anger done. toward him come from, though? Like, because he asked you to... It, it constantly, constantly comes from the digs. It constantly comes from the digs. It constantly comes from the lying about, oh, hey, yeah, we got rid of him. He was uncredible. Like, he was unpopular. He didn't have any listeners. He didn't draw any money. Dude, fuck you. Like, you had ammunition to fire me all throughout the time I was there. I didn't listen to anything that you told me to do. Not once. The only one time I did was when I offered an apology because your income was on the line. When it came to like other things that you told me to do, I wasn't interested because this this the perception with all of these wrestling people, like these these people online and Sean Ross Sapp and Conan and Disco, and the only one that isn't like that is Russo. But everybody thinks that oh come on, you you can get more of this and you can climb and you can get more people and people will like you. I don't give a fuck. I'm on the phone to my friend who lives eight hours away. A common thing is wrestling. In a few months, it's going to be the NFL. We'll have two things to talk about. We'll talk about what we would talk about anyway, and we'll push record. We have phone calls in a week that we could record and put out as fucking podcasts, except this one, we do plan to record it, and we push the button, and it goes out. I don't give a fuck. My income is coming in from somewhere else. When are you idiots going to understand? I'm not trying to climb a ladder in this business because the people that watch it don't have any money. They don't have enough money for me to try and climb this imaginary ladder. I'm not looking to work at WWE. I'm not looking to work at AW. I'm not looking to work at TNA. I'm not looking to be on anyone's podcast. 
I don't care. How am I lying? What am I? Where am I lying? What am I trying to do in wrestling? I, I, Please, like, tell I, me. I know you. You, it's it's true about like. I mean, I, I've talked to Billy and said, you know, Cab tells me every week. Like, Cab tells me every week. Oh, if you do this, if you do this, if you do that, if you do, if you just do this, like, we can actually. And I'm just like, no, no. I just, I, I want to. I, 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 I want to be. I'm a prick in real life, and I want to be a prick. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to change. Like, I mean, you, listen. I, just, I I do this obviously. Obviously, I, I enjoy madness. I, 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 otherwise, I wouldn't be doing the show. But I mean, I enjoy watching wars and fights and all that kind of shit. And so, you know, I'm in it for a ride. And you know, I, I do a show with you, and we shoot the shit. And a lot of things. I mean, that, almost, I almost got Sergeant Slaughter canceled today. Oh my god! Like, it was the greatest a, tweet I'm, I've ever seen in my fucking life. We'll talk about that in a minute. I'm, but, a, I'm a cancer. I'm a cancer. I'm a, I'm toxic cancer. Like I'll, I will take people down with me. Oh fuck! And you know what's funny is because a lot of people, like everybody, gets offended by everything now and this and that, right? And I said, there's really not anything, you know, that I, something would be offensive to me it, because it's always. For me, if if you don't like something that somebody says, you just don't even fucking bother with them. You turn it off. You don't listen to it. Who cares? Fuck. You know, really. Um. So when I mean, me and you've had disagreements on fucking tons of fucking uh topics about this, but it always comes down to well, you're your own fucking person, and I'm my own person. So if you you know scream and yell about you know tearing down the the rainbow flags like last week. I'm like, I, I tell you my thoughts on it. I think it's, you know, ridiculous and stuff, but that's my thought and that's your thought. So we're, you know, you go, okay, well, you're allowed your fucking opinion and I'm allowed to tell you I don't like it, but here's my opinion. And guess what? I live my fucking life afterwards. I am not, I don't clutch just, my I, pearls from it, you know? I just did a podcast. I just did a podcast where um, they, I'm not for the sports gambling podcast where, they want this boxer banned. He's fighting tomorrow, Madison Square Garden, Tifima Lopez. And in the build-up to the fight, to draw attention to it, which he's done successfully, he said, I'm going in there to... I'm not going in there to get a knockout. He went, oh, you're going in for the knockout? Someone asked a dumb question like the media do. Yeah. He goes, I'm not going in for the knockout. I'm going in to kill this guy. I'm going in to, like, I'm going in to kill him tomorrow. It's kill or be killed. And it's like going, oh, he's appalling, he's appalling. Like he's needs, Didn't he's got Tyson do a whole... Yeah. Tyson talked about jamming the guy's nose up into his brain to kill him before. I mean, and, and Tyson about said a hundred times worse. Yeah, but it, it's, that's Tyson, like then. Like now it's yeah, like, that was oh then. my God, like, he's got psychic issues. Like he needs to be cancelled. This is not what boxing's all about. It's like... How are you offended? Why do you fucking care? Like, like I don't, I, I don't know if like the how these people are wired, but nothing, nothing, nothing is offensive to me. Like, I can't be offended. I can be pissed off when someone lies specifically. Are you offended about by what Conan said? <laughs> like that, that. Yeah, but that it, it's different. Like, it's, the, it's different in terms of when something's directly personal attack at yes. you. And, your, and a personal attack at your credibility or your appearance or, or anything like that, 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 that's fine. But when something's out there on the internet or it happens in a press conference for a boxing match or it's something to something that said in, in politics or on a comedy or by stand-up comedian, yeah. or it, it just doesn't bother me at no. all. I think it goes way back. I think the first case that I can ever remember 
anybody being cancelled was Kramer. Um, oh, yeah. Michael Richards. And that's the first one I remember where this where this started. And it was so rare for that to happen where it's like, oh, my God, like, he's done. Like, and look what he had to do to get done. Like, <laughs> like that was, like, huge. Like, now, now yeah. it's like, oh, they'll dig up a tweet. Like Kevin Hart couldn't do the Oscars. That was and ridiculous all, and, and that he that. had to apologize. I'm like, I, I go into that stern world of do not apologize and tell people get a fucking sense of humor. And then you just go on with you. Because then they then they sit there fucking stupid because nobody fucking gets no traction and no one says anything else after that. You go get a fucking sense of humor. It's a fucking joke. It's not something that's like a hateful fucking thing that is said like in anger of something if it's a fucking joke. It's like just fucking move on and fucking get a sense of humor. But these, you know, a lot of people are freaked out by anything that's fucking said now. But, you know. It's like it's like the other day when fucking um, Brad put out a tweet and he was saying, oh, I can't believe these. Um, I can't believe Selena's crying because she's got the first crowd reaction of her life. Uh, after a match against Rhea Ripley, he goes, it's pathetic that she's crying. Yeah. I was like, and I replied to him saying, uh, yeah, I know. It's like, um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I know. She's crying. Yikes. She's crying like, uh, I can't remember what I said. Yeah, she's I remember crying what you like, said. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> said, oh, yeah, that was rough. What did I say? Well, you said, uh, and I quote, and this is a Billy quote, uh, about uh, she's crying like her daddy blew up in 9-11 or something. It was, it, 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 oh, I didn't it, put 9-11. That, that's not clever if you say that. Like that that's not that's oh, not. Oh, you the didn't point. throw like, in the word nine eleven. You just said her daddy blew up or something. No, yeah. no, because you have, to, you have to throw in the whole you have to give yourself the out on that's the thing. You have yeah. to say like, Well, I didn't know it. I didn't know nine eleven. I'm not a mark. Of course I knew. But like you could you could, you have Jesus. to you have to give yourself you have to give yourself the out. Like, you know, would she be would she be crying if her daddy if she, if her daddy blew up? Yeah, she would. Did it? Did it happen? I don't know. Like, if you mm. if you're that clued up about wrestling, maybe you know that. But it's not my job to know that because I'm just a casual fan. So that that that's the thing. That's what and that's what and that's what drives them insane because they're all like, "Oh, this comment's offensive." And I was like, "How?" <laughs> and and then yeah, you wanted to go you crazy. Do know how to, you do know how to play the game and tiptoe around because then it would like you you'll say stuff on that Twitter where if you're reported. There's not the words that are said in there that would get it in trouble. Oh, I did it. If you would have thrown, if you would have thrown, oh God, tell the, tell the, tell the tweet. I, 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 I it tricked him because, because of the way it was written, because it said, um, it didn't say Chris Benoit was a murderer. It said, nope. um, before Chris Benoit did what he did, he called Jimmy Snooker. Jesus. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like uh, and, and Jimmy Snooker was fine with it. And I, and I put that's how you I said that's how you that's how you that's how it's done that's how you respect the the people that pave the way and so oh I just sort of liked it and when and when and what did he put he wrote amen uh, with fucking clapping emojis. <laughs> Somebody said to me he must have got the splash and the headbutt confused and thinking it was something to oh, do with a move. Wow, that's a good but, uh, good uh, but, yeah. But like, well, I'm assuming you know, it's someone else well, writing for him, and they're morons, and don't know. But I'm yeah. like, any word of Chris Benoit, you almost have a fucking. There's an alert. If it had said, um, if it said before Chris Benoit murdered his family, yes. and he called up Jimmy Snooker, Jimmy Snooker told him how to 
do it. Gave him his blessing or whatever. Then it, then it's all like crass and and it would never have, and it would never have turned into what it has done today, where like the guys just read it and thinks we're talking about a move because it said before Benoit did what he did. Let me read and, everything. And, and Let me read it. That, all. Let it, me read it for you. Steve Carrier first uh, says uh, one of our readers sent word that. At Sergeant Slaughter appeared on Bustin' Open Radio moments ago and said that at Lacey Evans is using the Cobra clutch without his blessing. He says it's very disre- disrespectful that she's using his gimmick without his permission. You reply, see, Chris Benoit knew how to respect the business. When he was thinking about what he wanted to do, he called Jimmy Snooker first to make sure he wasn't stealing his gimmick. Jimmy was fine with it. These punks nowadays don't respect those who've paved the way. <laughs> <laughs> fucking slaughter replies back amen at lock betting amen with clapping <laughs> and then and then look at the quote look at the quote twice <laughs> well i haven't i mean i'm looking at the screenshot you sent me i haven't seen i mean since has he taken it oh. down i can't imagine he hasn't he has to have five no. billion people reply course he has in this fucking community oh my god it was gonna say that it has come down immediately after everyone went what the fuck and he had to go oh <laughs> shit i can't even believe I that went through i can't even believe that went through oh my not only did god. it not only did it like not only did it get through but he's got the amen brother <laughs> attached to it <laughs> oh my god this is like a crank call to a celebrity fucking or a TV show and it goes through and this is on Twitter. Holy fuck. That's so fucking great. Let's let's get into some topics though, Billy, what we're here for. We, uh, we don't need another four-hour fucking show. Um, Someone's put, what a strange viewpoint, Sergeant. Well and truly lost it. He replied, they're telling him he's lost it and he put, thanks for your support, maggot. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even listening to like no. people telling him what it means no the, he He's still just doesn't like, get it it's so fucking great no so there the, uh i just want to start off with uh, one of the rumors that was uh going on today that um oscar was going to be getting a new belt by the time people a lot of people listen to this it'll be already done with um that she's going to be presented with a belt or something and they keep and they called it the woman's championship and and i guess they were asked if this was a mistake and it was not a mistake so in my th- thought process um, this is just the opinion part because I have no insight or anything like that. I don't know if Billy has heard anything either about it. But since they are going to be calling the Oscar belt the woman's world championship, um, doesn't that make sense that maybe on Monday they have Rhea give her a belt and it's the universal woman's championship? I would think, I mean, they can't have one that's going to be, I mean, and hers is SmackDown anyway. So they got to change hers too. They got to change the color of both, haven't they? I mean, yeah, mine as well. Both have got to be, I think both will be on white leather straps, I think, still. And do you think they'll go with one having the Rollins logo and one will have the WWE logo again? Do you think, I think they'll do the that? Big, the big WWE logo. and then the um, the small one. Yeah, or no. Or do you think they'll just create something new? That's a very good fucking question. I would think they may. I think, I think they're kind of going to go with the way the men's are and just downsize it a little bit. And, like, do you make one kind of, like, 
purple for more more of a feminine type of looking belt because you can't keep one blue or red and you're not going to do like you know let's make it pink that's a little too you know um i love how nxts look like it looks you know it's like multicolored kind of kind of like you know when you move it around it turns a little bit different colors um maybe uh, I, I think they i think they should just have um oscar be the woman's champion and then have Rhea lose it to fucking someone like Liv and call that the Divas title. And then have like Chelsea and Scarlet and Liv. Oh boy. And all the ones you want all your ones you want to look at battle for the Divas belt. <laughs> and they can have bra and panic title matches and everything. And oh, you imagine. Oh my god. And then and just have the women's belt like on the other side where I don't have to watch any of these women try to fight. Oh God help us. God help us. This I don't know. Uh, so anyway, you got to bring it back to bring it forward. <laughs> so let's talk a little AEW round one. So apparently, I I really I mean I really try, Billy. I really try to say. I hey, mean, maybe it'll, maybe they'll call it the USA Network Women's Title. Oh, there you go. <laughs> There you go. That's without. That's perfect. That's it. The USA Women's Title. Big USA logo in the middle of it. That's never. You know. That's a original idea. Um. So CM Punk is coming back, and this Collision show, they have announced the main event for this, and they have put CM Punk in a six-man tag or a trios, as they like to call it. FTR and him versus the that Bullet Club Gold and Samoa Joe. Zero storyline. Well. The the that Bullet Club thing and FTR have something going on. So there's their storyline. Anybody who doesn't know like the little insides of Punk was playing Samoa Joe's entrance music from back in the day on his, you know, Instagram. But there's no storyline to it or anything. There's just like if you're just watching wrestling, you would be like, Well, why are these two guys in this match even and going against each other? Um do you think also, do you think Punk is going to be given that microphone to start the show and, like, actually say anything or be told kind of don't do anything? My, I pray, I pray that he gets in the ring and the first words he says is, so what do you want to talk about? I'm dying for him to do that. Um, I just can't believe that they, um, they did this like they they had something that people wanted to see but prior to that you know what your audience is right you know what your audience is um you've known what your audience is since the day that you started you knew what your audience was when you were more in tune with it when you signed cm punk and you didn't say you signed cm punk you let the rumors go out. You utilize the dirt sheets that you're friends with who basically all but confirmed it for you. So you didn't have to do it on TV so that Sam Punk got a massive pop when he came out for the beginning of rampage. It seems like they knew more what they were doing. Then they've never known how to generate a profit or how to budget properly or, or how to book a long-term storyline, but they did play that out correctly. And that resulted in, the best moment I still feel in 2021. Now you've reached the point where you're like wheeling this guy out with the inability to blink 
as well. Can't fucking blink. I don't know what's wrong with him. Um, yeah, and then he comes out there. It's really interesting, those talking things. He, he's really trying. He's trying to look like, all right, I'm going to look casual. I'm, and he's just, it's really bad at it. It's like he comes on. He's one week. goes, we have a new show. It'll be on Saturdays the next week. It'll be on June next week. The 17th next week. CM Punk's coming back next week. He's wrestling in a six man. It's like he's announced like seven fucking things yeah. across seven weeks. Like, it's like, dude, seriously, like, just we don't need to. It waters you down every time that we see you. The announcement thing isn't working. Just like the signings are not working. I don't even know uh, the last time I saw Roderick Strong on TV. It might have been when he actually beat Jericho. Yeah. That was um, it. And he has done um, But it's like, None, none of this works. And then you bring him in, and we're thinking, all right, you, 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 you wanted to pop and make sure that people that you pop the number. You realize that you wanted to go beyond, on a Saturday night, you need to go beyond your hardcore. So perhaps you needed to really spell it out for guys who are mainly watching WWE because it's frankly better, apart from especially the bloodline stuff. Mm. And then, and then, and, that, and that's how you're going to do it by by making it clear that CM Punk is there. But if CM Punk's going to be there, then people want to hang on to that thread that he is going to talk about why he was away, or he is going to talk about this, or he is going to turn on the company, or he is going to turn heel. And it's like you went, nah, he's going to turn up and he's going to wrestle and he's going to stand, he's going to get a big pop in Chicago and he's going to stand apron and he's going to get the tag and he's going to pin the weakest person in the match probably juice robinson and they're going to protect tomorrow joe and they're going to protect fucking um what's the new signing oh fuck what's his name um you know the guy everybody wanted apparently who adam cole who oh the the uh, oh. knife the, the switchblade guy yeah yeah jay white that's yeah it. yeah um so you're going to protect you're going to protect uh, Jay White, and then later on down the line, these are going to be the individual matches that that he moves into. But there's no intrigue in that at all. The intrigue in having CM Punk on the show is not what Dave Meltzer wants to see because, with his rest, wrestling-centric brain. It's what everybody else wanted to see, and it, they wanted to see this guy explain what the fuck happened. He hasn't spoken about it ever since it happened. Like, this this is what people want. And the fact that they're not even going to work together is a complete joke. So perhaps that's why they've done it, because they turned around and went, oh, you're not going to work together. We know what everybody wants to hear you say. We can't talk about it. So if you talk about anything else, like it's, it's not going to hit. So just go out there and wrestle. So the whole thing has been done incorrectly because this is the only thing that I agree with Conan in what he said. Not that he would be able to do it because he 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 was on the show and he was like, oh, I would sit down and I would tell these guys, look, like you need to like fucking walk together and blah. Actually, no, it wasn't even him. It was Disco because Conan went down the went went down the the other route where he's trying to now suck up to everybody. When in reality, like he's he said on multiple occasions that um, he's not fans of the Bucks and Kenny privately. He doesn't think they're good like VPs. They shouldn't have their own room on TV. They shouldn't sit there watching basketball games and playing video games. They set a bad example to the locker room. That's his true feelings. But because he's desperate for money, because he's pissed all his money away, um, he publicly praises them and says that he likes Kenny and the Bucks and all this kind of shit. 
But Disco doesn't care. So he blatantly came on and said that, fuck these guys, be a boss. You have to turn around and go, look, I fucking pay you millions, by the way. And you need, you guys need to work together. You need to fucking thrash it out. Maybe you don't need to do it straight away, but it has to be something that you need to get to. to so be. perhaps he's not speaking. Perhaps it's something that he's not speaking about because he can't speak. But essentially at this time, especially with him being the age that he's at and with him getting injured all the time, he needs to be a protected attraction who goes out there and talks. And that, when, when he was as good at wrestling as he was in the mid-2000s, all the way up until he left. So during that six or seven year period, he didn't really have many bad matches. He was always in the top five, six wrestlers. To be a better talker than you are a wrestler shows how good he was at talking. So you still have that. He hasn't forgotten how to do that mm -hmm. at all. So why is he not out there doing what... Ro Roman hasn't wrestled on fucking television like at all since, since he became this version of Roman Reigns. Why should CM Punk be any fucking different at all? And if he was a heel as well, then he could then then you would have a heel who had just as much heat as the blood. In fact, you would have a different kind of heat because the heat for the bloodline has been built up through um, the unbeatability, the unbeatable factor, where it's like they never lose, they win all the time. People want them to lose because they're they're dominant. They've become um, the the Bulls of the nineties or the Patriots of the two thousands. This is what they. This is what this is the angle that they've taken with the bloodline, right? Mm -hmm. Yankees, Yankees, Bulls, Patriots. You know what I'm saying, yeah. right? That, that's that's how the that's how the bloodline were built. You don't need to do that with CM Punk and the revival, or CM Punk with aligned with a certain number of ex WWE guys. If he's saying this place sucks and fucking like we we're gonna take over and that you guys are fucking marks and all this kind of shit. You can do a fucking, almost a brand extension where MV, where MJF is telling their pieces of shit and he's better than them. And CM Punk's just telling them that there's, that there's, that there's, that he's just better than fucking wrestling in general. All there's better fucking places to work. And the perfect baby faces are those other guys um, who are, who all the fans are aligned with. It's so simple to do. And the thing is, is that you, you can have even, two championships or whatever. Do whatever the fuck you want. But the fact is, there's more organic heat on any fight on it, on any faction that Punk's leading than what Roman Reigns leading. It's taken ages for people to hate Roman Reigns. There's still people that think he's like cool as fuck and will go to shows and won't boo him. Well I, I watched and sat there as he beat Cody Rhodes and 50% of the people around me were happy about it. So whatever people turn around and say or however that came across on TV the fans on the, the fans on the floor were not unanimously supporting Cody Rhodes. So there's always going to be that section of fans. But with this fan base, it's so easy to get him to hate CM Punk. And he's a better promo than Roman when you uh, when it comes to uh, generating heat in this environment. Because in this environment, you can say anything you want. It's not like PG controlled. Roman and the bloodline has been very much a sort of cinematic, episodic adventure. You have a movie character who has had to become a genuinely good performer, a good actor, who hasn't been able to go to the lowbrow. The only lowbrow stuff he did was with was with John Cena, a couple of lines there, that missionary position and all that kind of stuff where Which he, really he, he went over the stuff. plot. <laughs> it was. It's great when, when you can do it, but he hasn't had to do it. 
he's 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 done everything within the within the guidelines of 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 staying, um, you know, staying um, true to the partners and sponsors and the PG umbrella and everything like that. Yeah. That's that's the beauty of it, and that's why he deserves the most credit. But if you can generate as much heat and you don't have to color in those lines, you don't have to stay within those lines like like AEW don't. It's so much easier for Punk to be hated, especially by his and you've also got the fan base there who are obsessed with wrestling. They're announcing these fucking matches where it's like Jap versus Brit, sorry, Jap versus uh, Dutch Brian and uh, Omega yeah. versus fucking Willow. I don't care about what well, never have done. Um, and these these fans are wetting themselves over Twitter. Like, I mean, even Umar said it when he put in a group. Oh, Meltzer's going to have a culinary. They all are. Like, they 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 think these are the best two matches that that have ever been announced, and they're wetting themselves over this card. No one gives a shit. But if fucking CM Punk goes on there and he wrestles one of these guys, well, you know he's supposed to. Be you know who he's deal. got, right? He's going to wrestle that fucking Kenta. Yeah, who, who was GTS versus who, GTS. Yeah, yeah, that's what that, that's what he's going to end up doing. And the thing is, as well, with that, is that we're in a position now where this time around, um, AW in a situation where they had a lot of guys pull out of the last show. If you remember last year, that um, that Jap show had a lot of um, the guys pull out or have conveniently have travel issues, and I think that was down to the way it was booked this year. With CM Punk 100% going over, these New Japan guys, if they want to get the names there, they're going to have to learn and they're not fucking taking losses. And it fucking really wouldn't surprise me to see Brian or Kenny doing jobs. Maybe both, but definitely one. They're not both winning. Like, uh, one of them's going to lose. My, one, one of them's going to lose. Cool. My question is, do you think uh, Tony tries to punish Punk and have him uh, lose anything? Like, the first show back in Chicago? Do they dare? Uh, because it seems like he's... Taking the other people's side, like he's taking uh, the elite side on this, and because otherwise you'd be like, you guys are having a fucking match. I don't give a fuck if you're crying about, you know, that you don't get along. It is what it is. You lock them in a room and you say, get a fucking long. We're making a lot of money here. Fuck you, because people would tune into fuck. I'd be fucking front and center to watch that because you just know there's real life heat, you know. So you want to watch it and like like you're gonna see something, right? But he. <laughs> Like, I think, you know, like we've all said, he wants to be buddies and he wants to be friends with the people and doesn't want to ruffle feathers. He doesn't want to be their authority. He doesn't want to be their boss. He wants to be their buddy. So he doesn't get in with the whole, well, God, I don't want to say that to him. The guy might not like me afterwards. He might not want to be my buddy um, where he should say, fuck you. This is a business and you're fucking doing it. Yeah, I think he, um, if he was taking their, their side, um, then I don't think Punk would have been there at all. But I think that he realizes that there's money to be made, but he's trying to make it with both. He, the person whose side he needs to take is his own because he's a same Punk. They don't want to work together. Punk obviously doesn't want to do business with them and vice versa. So the situation is is that he's, he's, taking, he's, he's taking everybody's side except his own. Like he's the <laughs> one who loses here. They all get their own way. And the thing is, they think they're getting their own way, but maybe that's because Tony Khan set this company up wrong in the first place with so much guaranteed money that there's no incentive to work together. Because if you look back into the day where every heel will tell you, like, I didn't give a fuck about being a champion. Like, I don't care if Hogan can beat me every night. Like, I've heard 
Mr. Wonderful say it. I've seen Bundy say it. I've heard Jake the Snake say it. He said that he um, lost the program with Hulk Hogan because he was stuck being a babyface for so long. And uh, then when he was coming around to work with Warrior, like he couldn't, like Warrior didn't want to work with him. And then he then then he lost the he lost another spot as a heel against Hogan. He's complained like about not having that that Hogan money, whilst the people like um, like King Kong Bundy. And um, who else did I just say? Big Boss Man. And all these guys all got to do loads of house shows of Hogan. And, and they earned like, you know, millions like over the, co- mm-hmm. over the course of over the course of the years. Not all, obviously, what the, the payouts aren't what they are now. But back in the day, earning 30 grand a night to work against Hulk Hogan and doing that for a month. That's a fucking lot of money. That is a million dollars. Right. That's a million dollars for, for Big Boss Man or whoever. So. Um, this is the problem. Like, th- there's no, there's no incentive where you can turn around and go, "All right, so you're going to work with CM Punk because you're going to make um, this much money at the box office. We're going to make this much money by in ticket sales. You're going to get a percentage." It's like, nah, everybody's money's there. You got two million. You got two million. Punk's got five million. Like, it's not going to make any difference whether we what we do on TV what the ratings are, how many people turn up, how many T-shirts you buy or are sold. It doesn't make any difference. Like, there's no fucking difference, like, the way that AEW is structured. And that's the fucking problem. Like, that's why these people can turn around and say, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. But ultimately, he's a boss and he should be defending his structure. He should be turning around and saying, if you want it to stay this way, if you want to keep having this, like, cushy deal with me being a cushy boss and it's cushier thing in America. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, if you want to, um, if you want to keep, if you want to have this like cushy treatment, then you need to fucking be cushy towards me. Like, you need to fucking keep me sweet and get on with each other and fucking do your jobs and and we and give us the ability to make the biggest matches because you're going to a fucking stadium, your entire hard cam section and every section around it is empty, and that's not like what people said before rampage and ring of honor is empty for orange Cassidy coming out for the opening match. So it's genuinely empty. Like yeah. one side of the building is genuinely empty and you're going to a stadium show and you're booking around your best matches. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense. Are you, are you doing Adam Cole and NGF as your main event in stadium? Like you can't <sighs> be like you, you fucking cannot be bringing that match uh, as the main event or even, the semi-main event to this to, to to the UK. You just cannot be doing that. Do you think Punk like, is get, they gets are. put in a fucking uh, for that event? Do you think uh, Punk is the main event? I can't think who people are working because at the pace that this company are moving at, and now you have that little obstacle with the um, with the Japanese show coming, where nobody's going to be working proper programs with yeah. anybody. Um, you're, you're then looking like you're going back to. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite doing some fucking shit together. Um, I don't know who the who the content contend. It looks like you're going to be doing. Um, it looks like Kenny Omega is going to lose his match uh, to Will Ospreay because of interference from yeah. this Nakasawa. And then Nakasawa and Kenny Omega goes on at the stadium in Wembley. So Kenny Omega's wasted in that match. He's not facing CM Punk. CM Punk probably fucking fights Jay White after he beats um, Spencer on this show. And then you got Jay White and CM Punk in a stadium. No one cares about that. 
Even if it's Samoa yeah. Joe, no one cares. Whoever, whatever one it is, it doesn't make any fucking difference. Um, oh, Adam Cole, MGF, that's what you're doing for a stadium. Um, the fucking Darby Allen is going to probably win the title off Orange Cassidy in the stadium. Like that, that that's where you're going to do that. Like, is this, is this where we're going? Is it, because these are the programs that I set up on television and that show is next after the, after the Japanese show, right? Uh, yeah. What is it? August? Yeah. Unless there's one more before that. I don't think there is. But there's never a, I mean, their pay-per-views are so far in between. So yeah, that's like the next real pay-per-view. I don't, I don't even count the Forbidden Doors pay-per-view because that's like a one-off out of nowhere, you know? Because they just had a real pay per view. That's usually I don't buy this one at all because I'm like I I know nobody on that other side with the Japanese guys. So it's I need a storyline or something from to to watch this kind of shit. So I got another guy watching it and he'll come on uh, my show to, uh, to so, let so us know. That's it. So that's it. So th so this is what their television is setting up for after they they finish the the Japanese show. So so you got two months to go. This looks like. They got two months to go. Uh, MJF is supposed to face Adam Cole in an eliminator match this week. Everything oh, they, they exactly everything they criticize WWE for, mm -hmm. they will uh, they will that they, they are now doing. Like they they're going to pin probably pin their champion in some way or have him lose in some way on for no reason on Wednesday, which then is the complete opposite of what WWE are doing with Roman because no one can fucking Never. touch him. He doesn't even look in tag match now. Like they've gone in a complete opposite direction of every, they're going against everything that they've, that they've done for years mm -hmm. where the money in the bank, the, the guy gets money in the bank, he loses like 50 times and he's the champion and you're supposed to turn around and go, Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't see him lose. Give me that men in, give me that men in black flashlight thing. <laughs> um, and let me forget the fact the champion didn't lose for 50 weeks before he catched his thing in. Like it's, it's like that. Like that, that's what the, and then now WWE is finally like something snapped. It's like, Oh, hold on a minute. If somebody wins, people care. If they keep winning, they care. Wow. That's fucking incredible. Like who would have known that from real fucking sports that as soon as Conor McGregor loses four fights, no one cares anymore. Or, Mike Tyson like gets gets his first loss. He's not a fucking monster anymore. Like who would have fucking known from real sports that being undefeated actually fucking means something? Like Jesus. Like that's the problem when you got these like bums in the wrestling bubble. Like they don't understand what anything what anything means. It's like I see people saying, "Oh, um, I, I was criticised of carrying cross," and they were saying, "Oh, it doesn't fucking." Oh, it doesn't matter. It's wrestling. He's a bad guy. He's supposed to lose. It's like, no, he isn't. No. Like, how is he supposed to lose? He's fucking, he's, he's talking every week about how he pulls out the cards and talking he about how he's going to destroy. He comes up with a big promo with the cards and you're next and all scary. What do you mean next? Next to what? Beat him? It's it's every time he loses. Yeah. I'm like, well, why do they, why would they even bother to do a, I pulled your name out of this tarot card? Fuck. Fuck. You're like, oh, good. I need a win. Thank God my name was pulled. Exactly. That's it. That's exactly. That was my. That was that was my point. And they and they and this this audience now are conditioned to um, forget that as soon as this guy wins or wins a battle royal and like or, or Nakamura comes back from a layoff and he wins a couple of matches and then they go and straight away it was like oh Nakamura's back he challenged Roman how 
the guy lost like like most of his last like out of his last fucking twenty matches I saw he probably lost seventeen and fucking uh, and now he's gonna come back win a match against fucking Baron Corbin and now he's gonna challenge Roman Reigns and you accept <laughs> that like you accept that that's okay with 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 you that's that's how we've conditioned the audience to be which is why um, the other audience the uh, the audience that existed before that didn't accept that just went oh fuck this and that's what AEW point uh, are at that point now where it doesn't make enough sense for people to just bother with it on, on a regular basis. And Dave Meltzer's out here saying this week, I don't know if you caught this comment, where Meltzer said uh, AEW's numbers are down, um, but this is normal. When WWE get really hot, the other promotion, any other, the other top, any promotion that's uh, competing with them always suffers. Something along those lines. <laughs> Insinuating, using, using data from fucking the Attitude Era when the last time WWE had serious competition, that, oh, when WWE got hot with Austin and whatnot, they took over WCW with WCW dropping down to fucking, what, 4.8 million viewers to maybe yeah. like 4.3. Uh, and just and obviously then it ended up being a disaster. But if you look at what that disaster was, it was them dropping down to like 3 million viewers, which is, which is a million more than what fucking gets and and more and maybe one and a half million than what raw gets most weeks so yeah that that wasn't the disaster that it was made out to be but like he's using that as an example that would make perfect sense if the earth didn't have seven fucking billion people walking around and Hmm. and people understood that yeah they could share an audience like we could we could have five million people a week watching wrestling and also how does that excuse work when they don't run on the same fucking day anymore? Yeah. When one's on a Wednesday and one's on a Monday and a Friday, like how does that make any sense? It's just like they're trying to find excuses for them. And his excuses always come conveniently after he tells a truthful story. So he's come out a few times in the last few weeks and said things like, um, uh, Oh, the numbers are down or this, uh, the, the, collision tickets are not selling very well uh and he was talking and he was the one that brought up the last pay-per-view wasn't selling very well and then he balances it out with a fucking bullshit story like oh you know they um everybody was watching the nba and the number was good considering the nba was on or or wwe are really wwe are really hot right now really because you haven't given them a fight you haven't given like um You've given him two five star matches, but you weren't. But you haven't given any five star matches to to Roman throughout this entire time. Like you, you think that WWE are hot, but you don't fucking rate anything on the show as, as hot. Like whilst whilst you're covering it ind- independently. So what? So what's hot about it? And if it is hot, and you don't like what they're doing, but it's but it's working in terms of um, making him the number one promotion in the world. Maybe that means the entire time that this guy's opinion didn't matter and he doesn't know what he's fucking talking about because what he likes obviously doesn't appeal to the mass audience. It's clear. It's clear as day when he's sitting there and they're not getting his five star ratings. And I, I saw something this week where it's like, okay, like let's do an up. Like, this is this Twitter stuff. So fucking pathetic. Like, but some, but the, one of these accounts was like, Let's do our six. Let's do our um, mid-year wrestler of the year. Let's see who's winning at the moment. 
And it was like, oh, Kenny Omega has six five-star matches and he's the clear leader at the moment going into the second half of 2023. <laughs> How can you be using this as a, as a system? Like, it's like it's become an official fucking system to like some of these some of these people. It's a dude sitting there telling you what he likes, and most of the time, what he likes is no selling, no logic. He gave that um, that all over the arena match five stars. Do you know that? Yeah, I, I know that. <laughs> it was probably what. Oh, it wasn't even the best match of the fucking night. The the main event was, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's Dave is in love over there with everything they do. And you know, the guy went from, I can't give five stars to anybody for 20 fucking years. And then all of a sudden people were getting seven. Yeah, but I don't think he is because there's, I think there's a part of him that wants to fucking, that feels compelled to like report the truth. And some of the truths he, he hasn't had access to. We know that he's been like waning with WWE info and he's not getting it as much anymore. So here he has access to the truth. Yet it's like you can't fucking, you know, you can't report it. It's like fucking. It's 22. He can't report it. Otherwise he won't get any sources anymore because it would be bad news. Exactly. It's like like having the fucking hottest wife in the world and erectile dysfunction. Like (laughs) there's nothing, there's nothing like that, that. That's the situation he's in. You can tell when he speaks that, He's itching to get, like to to give a proper criticism and or, or tell the truth about something that he knows, but but he can't fucking do it. So I, I don't know. I don't put too much weight into into anything he says, other than the fact that I just would not be booking for him at this point. And getting back round full circle, like this is what that fucking collision main event feels like. It feels like the dirt sheet a dirt sheet writer would be telling you. Oh, you gotta have a big match. You gotta have a big match. You gotta have your big, the biggest star in, in a big match to, to like start off the show, like that. And that's why we almost it almost runs parallel to the first Dynamite, where I feel that at least when Tony was starting out, he would have been looking at Alvarez and Meltzer in a more advisory capacity. Mm-hmm. And then you ended up with the exact same thing. The first main event on Dynamite was a six man. It was like um, something to do with Jericho and the two guys with the versus the Young Bucks and Kenny, right? I think it was. I can't I remember no who Jericho idea. was teaming up with. I watched I think the, it was very, I watched the very first. Oh, that. Okay. Um, I watched the very first Dynamite, and then I didn't watch until after Pandemic was done. Um, it was painful to fucking watch WWE during Pandemic. I wasn't watching that shit during Pandemic. So I, I was, like, excited for a new thing and go, oh, let me see how this is. And it didn't uh, hold me at all until I started uh, doing shows about, you know, reporting it and shit like that. Um, let's jump onto a second subject, Billy, because about we're an, about an hour in, and we've done one fucking topic that was on our list. So let's do one more. We, we only have two on the list, or do we have well, more? Well, we had, we had the suicide hotline for watching Raw, but we could always do that next week because it's never going to fucking change. Um, so the other one... Round two. ...is about the Bloodline storyline. And is this like this storyline is a cinematic cinematic like it's a movie more than like a wrestling storyline. It's been going on for years and literally this is what you wait for. I know at least I do. I can't speak for everybody, Um, but I wait for every fucking week to get another piece of the story. And it's easy when. 
they're only giving you 15 minutes each week of a storyline. So that's a lot of you could you could make a lot of uh, time with that by doing only 15 minutes at a time. You can make it uh, really drag out. Um, but it is a story every week. And my God, they do a good fucking job. It is from the acting of it to the little subtle shit where uh, Paul is talking to Roman and they're not on, you know, house microphone. They're just on like camera microphone. And asking, you know, what are we going to do about Jay? And so it's not like, oh, let's make a big production for everybody to hear in the arena. It, it's little small shit like that. The only storyline, I'd like to know your opinion. What? And I won't even give mine. I want to hear what you say first. What's what's the next best storyline that's ever been other after this? Because I think this is probably the best storyline that there's ever been. Yeah, this is the best because it's the best storyline since it's a more successful version, in my opinion, of the than the NWO because even that's what Bishop said. That the NWO had bigger stars and it pulled in more numbers or whatever, but it, died. it didn't have a direct. It didn't have a direction. It didn't have an yeah, end game. No. Like, I'm sure this the, the end. The end game for this is that they all break up and Roman loses the title. It's clear that you know sure. what the end game is. But when the end it was like, oh, we're taking over. But we work on Nitro. But we, we're trying to win their belts. And we're adding more people from their company. Like, are you trying to take over? Are you trying to work there? Who pays you? Like, it got messy yeah. in the end. It was like, it was a... It started well. It was like, you Too know, we're, we're going to fight you. Yeah, we're going to fight you and we'll fight your two guys and Hogan turns. And so then there was three of them in the group. But then they stopped like trying to to take over. And they, they were telling talks about having, they were saying there was things, ideas about an NWO show and a WCW show. But it's like, how's that a takeover? Like it it, mm. it didn't have a direct, the whole thing that happened and obviously it sold loads of merch and had good characters and people in it. But in the end, like it was directionless. And I think after that, the other thing that, that, that stands out as well is when the Hart Foundation were doing this, but obviously they, they ran out of time. That could have potentially gone in this direction with the family thing and, and Brett could have and Brett and Owen could have had the solo or the, sorry, the J dynamic. And you could have done all that. Like you had that before. And, and that that's a storyline that's lived on forever. Like that heel version of the Hearts, the, the Team Canada and all that, mm -hmm. that's still popular. This is better than that because it's longer, it has more direction, it has more layers. And what this really is, for me, is the first and only time in wrestling where we've had proper, long, episodic storyline. Um, and it's not about, oh, hey, like we're trying to build up Roman and Randy or, hey, Roman and Seth and Roman and Cut. No, it's not about this match. It's not about match. the it's opponent. No, it's not about Hogan and Andre. It's not like this direct thing where, oh, we need to get to Hogan and Andre. We need to sell out the Silver Dome, right? No, it's not that. Like that. That's 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 what wrestling has always been. This is a big, like a big overriding story that that introduces like new people, like the baby faces. They come in, they do their bit. They do almost a cameo. They're playing cameos. Everyone plays cameo here. Cody Rose did a cameo role at WrestleMania. Um, Kevin Owens and Sammy, they've done their cameo. I think they're out now. Everybody's doing cameos, and Roman's like the main character. The bloodline is the, the main character, and he's the star. And then you have your um, 
your co your co actors or, or whatever you call it. Like, what's the award co stars in? That's is a co star. Is that how yeah. they do it in Hollywood? The Oscars co star. Yeah, you have your co stars. Best supporting, you best supporting actor. That's that's what they say. Yeah, you have your support, and then you have the good guys coming in, and they they're doing the cameos. And the thing is, is usually it's Batman on each week, and he fights off either the Penguin or the Joker. And they come in and they lose. And then back in, he's talking like how old I am. But like when I was a kid, like the Joker Watching would the come Russo in and then five, <laughs> and five weeks later, like the Joker would be off for five weeks and he'd, he'd fight Riddler and Penguin and they'd come in. Well, this is the bad guy that's the lead. And your good guys come in and they get beat and then they go away. Then And this is the thing. This has never been done before. There's never been like episodic storyline like this where it's like one thing, and it's what the show's all about. He's the main character. His group are like the co-stars. And there's other things. There's there's other things going on, but this is this is what it's all about. This is the main fucking story. And as I said, it's not about a match or anything like that. And this is never done before. And the NWO was the same as this because it wasn't about. I mean, it did become in the end about um, a similar thing where who's going to beat Hogan for the title. But it was, but it was confusing in terms of how they were going to take over, take over the company. Mm. When ultimately it just became a group of wrestlers who wanted to win the belt and make the most money, and they wanted to work for WCW, and they just wanted to be the NWO. At the time, I don't think it was established enough how you were how you were going to run a faction. They came in in a very different way, but they didn't maintain it. In the end, the NWO was just a very um, a new age version and a much better version of the Heenan family with more direction and bigger stars who actually got the belts. Whereas the Heenan family, um, they didn't. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, the only other yeah. storyline that I was, that I was pointing to, uh, which I think is probably second best storyline. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned NWO and then like your points against it kind of knock it down too and all that kind of stuff, but is um, Hogan and Macho Man that it was like a year worth of, you know, build up a little bit more than a, uh, no, there was about a year, a year of build up for them with the whole Liz thing and them going back to see little Easter eggs. Um, I've been rewatching all the Saturday night main events and I'm looking back and I go, I thought it started. I thought the turn of macho man turning bad started a lot earlier than it does. Do you remember when it actually like, when it all falls apart, do you remember when it does? Because I thought for some reason it was fucking in like winter time or fall, the before mania. But it's an odd one, isn't it? Because I think in the early eighties, the agenda was Hulkamania, and it was building this machine and feeding him the heels. So. It was similar in a way in terms of, for me, that's a Hulkamania era where you fed him all these bad guys. And, and at times, you could argue it was about, okay, let's build Hogan and Bundy. Let's build Hogan and Andre. Now let's build Hogan and Savage under that same umbrella uh, rather than looking at that as an individual story. If you, if you look at it that way, then Hulkamania as an era looks better and comparable. Mm -hmm. But it, it is really just individual matches because you're always trying to find people that to, to face Hogan. I don't think you're really looking um, to build those individual stories for, for Roman because the stories are being built like within his group. Whereas Hogan was a star 
who was um, who was going through these wrestlers, and they tried to repeat the formula with him with Warrior, and later on with Austin, and they tried to repeat the the, the storyline again with Cena. The difference between um, Hogan, Cena, Austin, and all those guys is that Austin had the Vince thing on the side. And that's similar to this. And that, for me, would, would, would be second. That's true. If not, possibly, you could argue still first because there was an overriding storyline to it. It was episodic. It was Austin versus the authority, Austin versus the owner. The, your, coast, your, your characters came in. The cameos were made by Mick Foley, Kane, Undertaker, and The Rock, and the people that were trying to take the belt off Austin. But ultimately, Austin and McMahon were the stars. But that's a much shorter time span. When you think of Austin and McMahon and you think, oh my God, that was the Attitude Era, it was actually something that happened for about 18 months, possibly two years. Yeah. If you want to go from the first stunner at Madison Square Garden to you know, when Austin helped Vince win the belt from Triple H, which I think would probably be the end of it, then you, then it would be two years max. And this is way, way, way past that. But that for rating success, marketing, merchandising, the fact that it's helped a lot of us still re re remain as fans, I think that one that one is there. That That's the most similar to this because it was about something it was about something else. Everything, everything else in wrestling, apart from those two storylines, have just been about, oh, how do we make a match? Oh, how do we get, uh, how do we heat this guy up for this guy? How do we make this feud interesting over here? To the point where um, it's difficult to find anything that compares. Even if you even if you like stuff, you like Hogan, Sa Hogan Savage. Mm -hmm. I like Savage. I like Savage, Jake the Snake. I think oh, like yeah. from- That's the, my favorite match. From the, from the eight months, I think it was eight months about that, but eight, eight months around about that, that was, that happened where from the messing up the wedding mm -hmm. to, I mean, even the seeds of that were Jake start, Jake was supposed to change when just Jake started to change when his, um, his snake got killed by earthquake. Um, and that's, that set about the change where he, uh, locked Warrior in a casket, and he started to turn heel. He had a new snake called Lucifer, which is obviously a, a heel name. Damien is the first name of the snake. Then Lucifer is the devil. So he was already changing. And Damien's a heel name, too. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Damien is the devil, too. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, but it's Lucifer's more clear. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean... Then he, he was supposed to feud a warrior. He then goes on. He wrestles up Savage's wedding. He then has him bitten by the snake. He comes out of retirement, slaps Liz. All this stuff he weren't doing it at, at the time. But again, it's different because it's how are we going to get um, the most matches and the most time and the most legs, the, but the most legs that we can get out of Jake the Snake and Randy Savage. That was that. That's what that was all about. Um, this this is this isn't that, and for me, it's the only example of um, other than Austin and McMahon, where we've got like this this one storyline where you could turn around and go, oh, this is the. So if you say like the, I know it's called the Attitude Era because it had. I think the fact it's not called the Austin McMahon Era is a credit to all of the other people around because it'd be disrespectful to Undertaker, Kane, yeah, uh, Rock, Shamrock. Um, Triple H, DX, all the, all those people. Just to, that's why it's called the Attitude Era, because everybody played a part in it. It's not like now, 
where you can skip loads of other shit. And sometimes you're just watching SmackDown and it's solely out of the, it's solely built around advertising what what Roman's part is. Mm-hmm. Like tonight's show is around, okay, now we've got Oscar's unveiling of the belt. But usually it'll just be what's Jay gonna do. That's what it was advertised as last year. It didn't have all that crap around it. Mm-hmm. For me, these these whole like these these whole three years since the pandemic is all gonna be about like the bloodline. When we, when we look back on it in like five, six years time, it's all going to be like, oh, that was the Roman Reigns era at that time. Like no, no, no one else, nothing's going to fucking matter. Like in terms of, um, you know, Seth winning that, like, that Mickey Mouse belt, but he just won. And yeah. how many times he defends or who he defends it against. It's just like, it's just like all those fucking, it's just like going back to before there was a Roman Reigns. Like Seth was a champion before. Do you remember it? No. Um, <laughs> well, was, I remember it when cha- it was it with was the a- authority. That's that's the championship I remember because that was a big deal with him turning and then being, you know, best for business and all that. And I bought in all that shit, and then blowing his. Did you remember his defense? Do you remember any of his defenses or any of his storylines or anything? All I remember is him uh, with the knee injury. That's what I remember him uh, against Kane. Right, he flipped over the top of him from the top turnbuckle and tried to power bomb him through a table, but landed fucked up on his knee. That's that's what I remember. I remember the win. Yeah, that's that's my, <laughs> that's my point. Like he was he was with the authority, and even prior to that, like uh, sorry, after he won that, he he had matches against John Cena and and everything. But it's not it's not as defined as this. And then since then, you know, you had you had other people have the titles like. Um, like Roman, they tried to make him the champion loads of times before this time. Um, Brock had a long Brock had a long run with his title. Goldberg's come in and won it. Bray's had title reigns. Nothing's remembered. It's all a blur. I can remember it, um, but yeah, I was going to say normal you, you people. Could, you, yeah, normal human beings. No, <laughs> no. Well, even people that even people that had decent like decently long runs, like Kevin Owens, was a champion. Kevin Owens was a champion for nearly seven months. No one remembers. Like no one, no one can probably tell me anyone that he off the top of their head that no. anyone he faced while he was or any storylines that he had. They, they, I know they were building. Obviously, you will, you will remember that while he was champion, alongside it, they were building up a match with Jericho because Jericho was his friend mm. during yeah. the whole time he was champion, and they were building towards that match. But that's about it. All right, that's it, kids. We have finished him. We have finished him, and we have finished this whole thing. Billy, where is the best place to get all of your good stuff, including you want to sell some of these autographs and make some fucking money? Where can we go for that? I just want to, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll um, talk about that in a second. I just want to ask you a question. Good. So would you prefer, as a heel, like historically, if you were, like take yourself out of the um, recency bias, would you prefer Hollywood Hulk Hogan or Roman Reigns now? Like, what what's more iconic to you? Oh, I can't. I, I think iconic. I gotta go with Hogan because you'd never. He was such so, such the icon of being a good guy, and him turning bad. That's like a like. A fucking Haley's Comet. That's that's why for me it's it's 
more, it's history to me more that Hogan turned fucking bad after you thought that would never, you'd never, you'd live your whole life and you'd never see such a thing. And from being the best good guy ever in the 80s and then being the best bad guy ever in the 90s. He he led both uh, eras as the best in the business from being uh, heel and being uh, babyface. I'm not about who you rank higher, uh, Roman and Hogan. I'm talking about Hollywood Hulk Hogan, 1996 to 1999 versus Roman Reigns, 2020 to 2023. I'm look. I'm talking about those three years. I'm not talking about who's the a biggest. Worth. Who's mm. I mean, it's hard for me to really like. You're saying like recency bias. I that's. It's rough because I try to think of all the shit that Hogan did from that time. And for three years, though, it was still fresh and not, you know, I mean, toward the at the end, it was a fucking disaster. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd still I'd still deal with Hogan because it was, uh, I think, shocking to be a bad guy. You're going with yeah, Roman? I, I, I think the level of performance, like, carries it. I think... I think we're seeing somebody, I think we're seeing, but if this is the first time, I know wrestlers transition to Hollywood, mm -hmm. but I think we're seeing somebody doing their auditions in front of us. I think, I think we're seeing somebody making their point or show or improving their worth right in front of us. Like we're getting, he's much like, cooler. That's for sure. A hundred times more cool than Hogan. I mean, you know, I would rather. B, you so know, this Roman Reigns. Yeah. Well, this is how I look at it, right? It's like you get these people, you see these guys from the WWF and the action movie people are thinking, oh my God, like we need to, we need to get this big wrestler in and uh, we will, we get this big wrestler in, we'll teach him how to like act or, or whatever. And what we're seeing instead is the polished performer. Whereas all these other wrestlers, like we know that they're like, you know, they, 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 they look the part or whatever, or they should, they used to, they don't anymore. They look the part or whatever. He looks the part and he has the, he, he has the acting. It's like you have this wrestler. It's like, basically if you fucking had Aquaman, have you seen a new Fast and Furious film? No. Oh, you should. I, I, I know who, the, I mean, that, I know the Aquaman guys in there who, Oh, yeah, we just call him you his, know, the Roman Reigns. He looks his, just like him. Yeah, his performance is really good as well. But you, you've got so if you, you look at him and it's like you get the you get the massive Hollywood actor. It's like Arnie or Sylvester Stallone back in the day. Like mm -hmm. imagine they could just walk into the WWE and act. And neither of them could act that well, actually. But <laughs> but but imagine you could get like the best actor out there that looked fucking amazing. And he just comes into the WWE, and that's what you're getting. Like you're getting the the level of performance, the look, and the performance is above anybody else. Ever done it? Um, even 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 above the Rock, because the Rock wasn't this fucking polished when he was when he was wrestling. Um, and then, and that's the thing now. If the Rock came back and he's done all that shit in Hollywood or whatever, so you'd expect him to be, you know, be able to to be able to act well as soon as the camera's on. But then can he wrestle? Can he move anymore? Like, can he actually go in a ring? Like, is, is the in-ring psychology there? Like, for, for me, like, on, on, on every level, like, Roman is above Hogan for acting, for in-ring performance, for look, 
But the thing is, is that the only thing going for Hulk Hogan is that, oh my God, it's Hulk Hogan. He's a bad guy. Who, who would have thought it? Yeah, that's, um, yeah, 100%. Uh, Performance-wise. You're obviously, yeah. and you're obviously supposed to have that with Roman, but the fact that it was just them trying and we were actually booing him the whole time and going, no, we don't want this. That's different to Hulk Hogan because we were eating it up and training, saying your prayers, eating the vitamins, taking steroids. We are doing everything he was doing um, to, to, to try and be like Hogan. We were bought in, but we never bought into Roman, so it's not as shocking. Uh, but for me, it just feels more like them finally doing the right thing with him um, as opposed to being shocking but anyway um one more question for you see now let me let me fucking add add the show some fucking more time because i just saw a note i had written down but it's a it's a quick thing you don't need to talk much about um you think they're pushing priest out of uh judgment day and he's going to be a good guy like he's a little aggravated with uh with finn for showing up at ringside when he's like what the fuck i told you not to and like does he get kicked out of there and if he does talk about a way to fucking uh Get him over big time. He's the one who beats fucking uh, Gunther for the IC title. But he's got to be a good guy to do it. Because how do you recover from the Bad Bunny thing? I, it, that's that's the roughest part. Um, you don't see him getting kicked out of here or turning into uh, getting out of Judgment Day? Because it was just that looked like a little hint uh, last week. I would think... That Balor would be the one that goes out. I think he's like the good guy that they can, that you know, that can work with people. He reminds me a little bit, minus the drugs and everything, and the, 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 the almost killing himself. Um, the, like the modern, like day version of like Jeff Hardy, mm. in terms of being able to be that good guy, have that face paint, yeah. have those matches. Um, Obviously, he's not the risk-taking side of things, but he he seems like he should be a good guy. It doesn't really work when he's a bad guy. It feels forced with Finn Balor. Yeah, yeah, he's much better, I think, as a as a good guy. Um, so go ahead with those plugs, and where can we find everything? Yeah, um, wrestling stuff is at the Dirty Sheets. The, sorry, thedirtysheets.com. Um, posted a new story out today. Did you read that story? No. I don't ever do anything unless somebody sends me something about it. I, I, I don't ever look at any dirt sheet shit. It's my story. Know, uh, well, you got to send it to me. I, don't know. <laughs> I thought I did. I thought I did. Um, yeah, there's a story there about the Saudi money. Mm -hmm. um, I'll just give you straight out of the bat. Roman Reigns got paid um 1000 uh, sorry 1.3 million hold on hold on 1 million 375,000 wow. for that Saudi show wow and um <laughs> and he gave he gave some of it away um and you can read about to who huh. and why who else gave it away and why solo didn't give any money towards it because um, and, and why he didn't, and there's a really interesting story that he's I got new. to about. He needs um, it. That is what that, that's that. Yeah, that's actually the truth. What you just said. <laughs> there but, you go. But, but, I would think so. I'm like, <laughs> hey, I haven't been here as long as you guys. I I, I need to get a cushion, and then I could uh, do that. Well, that that it was said to him, not like by him. Um, mm. that that was that was a 
was agreed by the people involved in this situation. So, yeah, like uh, that story's up at the dirtysheets.com. The betting stuff, that's lockbetting.com. The Twitter is at lockbetting.com. And the pin tweet is now up for the month of May, the most significant month um, that we've had because it's the 120th month I've been one, um, worrying about and stressing about for a while uh, because it was coming up like month of 116, 117, 118. Mm-hmm. We're getting, getting there. So, yeah, now it's official. It's like a decade of profit. No losing months, 120 and 0. The spreadsheet's available to look at over at lockbetting at lockbetting.com. Once you've had a look at that, then you can sign up at lockbetting.com. Um, we're at the start of the financial year. So um, in a few weeks, we're going to be putting out futures plays for the Women's World Cup, for the Gold Cup. And then after that, there'll be plays out for the start of the soccer season. Then after that, there'll be plays out for the start of the NFL season. Even now, you're getting futures picks for Wimbledon and um, profitable futures for the French Open tennis as well. Futures are easier for me to win money on. They, they are. We put bigger stakes down on them because the winning record of futures for me is eighty-one percent. Mm. So if you look at my NFL card last year, my NFL futures it absolutely obliterated it, and we've done that for ten years. It's it's it's, it's easier for me, um, and it's easier for you for most people. But most people don't have the patience because they're not yeah. real experienced. They they they're losers, um, and 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 I'm not. So if you've got the patience to actually. Um, invest in sports rather than gambling. I don't even use the term gambling. I do sports investing. Um, then you'll realise that if you're patient, you will you will have an eighty one percent return on futures plays. So these are all going to start going out in the next couple of weeks. So I always call it the start of the financial year. If you sign up to my service later on in the year, that's absolutely fine. But when it comes to May time, we've had a problem. Like we have problems such as. Um, for example, what people are hedging towards their future. So I put out a play, and for example, um, we needed Bayern Munich to win the league. We needed a team called Bayern Munich to win the league. So we were putting out more plays on Dortmund. Now, if, they, if Dortmund didn't win, we, were, we didn't mind because it helped the massive future that we had on Bayern Munich. Does that make sense? Yeah. But if Dortmund did win, it wasn't good for our future, but at least we were winning money along the way. And maybe next week they would lose, or maybe next week they would lose. But along the way, we were picking up money on this hedge. So we had a situation where once Dortmund blew the league on that particular weekend, a couple of new guys that signed up right at the start of the month were like, oh, fuck, I lost. And everybody else was cheering. And they were like, what's going on? It was like, well, we've all won $2,500 or whatever it was. Um, and it wasn't $2,500. Sorry, it was six hundred. dollars um, six, six and a half, six, 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 six hundred and fifty dollars. Um, whereas these other guys had lost a hundred dollars because we took a hedge play on Dortmund. Um, whereas um, that for us that was a case of okay, uh, if they win, then they win the league, and we lose the future. But if they lose, then we win a bigger amount via the future. So it, it's complicated to explain, but it's complicated because you're not with the service. Like on the service, you have twenty four seven access to me. And also, um, if you do if you do end up betting for the entire year, everything will be catered towards you. All the hedges, all the futures, 
Um, everything throughout the, throughout the year, you'll get every play. You'll be a part of that 81% for the, for, by the soccer season, the tennis, the, the foot, the NFL season. You'll win all that money. So it is the best time of the year to sign up. Um, I don't say this every year. I don't say this all throughout the year. I don't say, oh, it's NFL season. It's the best time of the year to sign up. No. If you sign up now, you'll get everything. You'll get soccer, the futures, the start of the soccer season. You'll get the NFL, the futures, all the podcasts, everything. Um, so, yeah, it's lockbetting.com. Um, at lockbetting.com is the Twitter. If you DM me, I'll let you know about discounts for three months, six months, and 12 months available through PayPal. If you pay me through PayPal, I don't lose 4% to Stripe, and I certainly don't lose 10% to Gumroad. So that's why there's much bigger discounts going to me direct. Um, but yeah, do your research and then get back to me. I'm, I'm actually telling you to do your research. I'm encouraging you to go onto the uh, onto the Twitter account, go to the website lockbetting.com where all the spreadsheets are, and to do your research. Like, do your research before you sign up because it's fucking solid. Um, and the last thing is what Cav mentioned is orgarfsharks.com. Um, my son, Austin, has an ottoman bed and um, it was empty for when we first moved in here and we decided to use it to start storing his, all his autograph stuff that we weren't going to put out onto, we weren't going to frame. So all these wrestlers, you've seen his wrestlers, right? They all go mm -hmm. on this wrestling shelf. Yeah. <clears throat> so all his wrestlers are out. We've got the big stuff framed. Ronaldo, Messi, although one's playing in the Saudi league now, one's retired in the US league. Um, <laughs> but you know, we, we got, we got all that shit up. Aaron Rodgers up straight away. All that stuff's out. But under his bed, we fucking there's like a hundred things now so we were like shit we're never gonna put this up we've got like fucking two john creases from like two john the same figure signed twice um post malone like just 20 items under there fucking certain man united players we got over and over and over again so we we're just Getting like these autographs we don't need this is up. like a fucking business for god's sake my god God, the amount of shit that you could fucking sell all this stuff for. Because you got the fucking, you have a fucking ton. I've seen your house where you walk around yeah. where it was like you rotate the fucking uh, action figures. And like, who should be in front today with autographs? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what we're doing. But like, the thing is, we'd never sell any of that stuff because it's all stuff that we that we want. Like, we want to, he wants to be able to rotate. We want one or two of everybody. Like, but I mean, do we need 13 Drew McIntyres? Um, <laughs> do we need. Do I need 11 Hulk Hogan's from the signings that I've been to? Like, you do at a time, but then you don't now. Because yeah. with Hulk Hogan, I look now and I think, oh, my God, like, I want to get the new Captain America signed, which just came out. I want to get the Hogan Randy Savage two-pack. Um, I want to get Hogan and Zeus pack that just came out. So mm. I want to get more, but I can't have, like, I can't go from... 11 to 14 Hogan figures. It's ridiculous. So the maximum number of Hulk Hogan figures that I want in my house is five. That's enough like for anybody to own. So I don't want more than five of, of, of anybody. Ideally, I just want like one, maybe two of, of, of each individual person. So now I've reached that point in my life where I've now made that decision. Um, and I always look at someone like, do you know the story about um, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley? What about what story? He doesn't own anything. Just oh, a DVD yeah, player. Yeah, he says he pretty much uh, whatever. He I've only heard him say whatever I have. I like to be able to uh, you know 
walk out if I have to of wherever I am and with a bag or something and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I always think of that because it's like in a fire, I'm losing all this shit. Or even, yeah. or if I die tomorrow, I'm, I'm losing all this shit too. So I think I don't want, I want some, I think I obviously I'm attached to it. So on my deathbed, I want to look around and see a few bits, but I also don't want too much that someone's going to fucking think I'm not keeping all this shit. Like if it's like fucking, all right, so let's, let's pack away everything in his room and put it in a fucking storage or another room or whatever, but that's it. Like it can't be rooms plural of, of all this shit. So, um, we are, we have put some stuff up at the moment. There's only like 32 things up, which is probably like a third of, what we what we might decide to get rid of once we start making cuts um it's like the fucking wwe making their um making their fucking uh, releases we're going to be releasing some autographs this this month um but at the moment it's 32 bits up at autographsharks.com if i'm saying if that's right Is autograph that right? autographsharks.com yeah, right. yeah there you go uh all my nine cents just go to my twitter uh at lingus mafia and Type in wherever you get your podcast, Lingus Mafia or Wrestlingus. It's spelled wrestling us. And then uh, you can get all their other stuff from there. Let me tell you as well, if you want to see why the, it was called Autograph Sharks, it's a dig. It's a dig at people who actually do do it as a li- for a living. So these idiots that say stuff like, oh, you fucking chase around after people. No, I don't. Like, I go to like soccer matches or or any, or wherever and usually like for wrestling I'll be told what the hotel is so that I can like meet up with people that I want to catch up with mm-hmm. because this news doesn't come out of thin air like it does for other people like it's legit news and you know there needs to be a level of keeping in touch with people or whatever that's the wrestling side but for soccer yeah I got a fucking 12 year old I do deliberately book into the book into the uh, hotels the same hotels as footballers but you know what like i can afford it and footballers staying like expensive five-star hotels Mm -hmm. and i can afford it and if you can't it's not my fucking problem so (laughs) it's your problem you need to work harder um by the way are we going to be doing wrestling shows during uh football season or we is that our uh off season for wrestling no 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 we'll do we'll shorten it down um, it better be. But, um, Fuck that. I don't even want to do it. <laughs> no, I want to do football. But look, I, but, so if you look at this video I just sent you, you'll see what autograph sharks actually look like. Because occasionally there'll be there'll be a situation where you know you you do want to meet somebody um and they're being so sometimes you can stay in a hotel, but if it's like an actor like The Rock or somebody like that, they'll be taken out of a side door out the back. So even if you're staying in a hotel you might as well not be staying in a hotel. Does that make sense? It does make yeah. no difference because you're blocked away from the person in your own hotel. So the autograph sharks, they basically just fucking swarm people. They sleep around. Uh, they, they sleep rough. Uh, they stick fucking things in people's faces. These are the autograph sharks here on your WhatsApp, what they're doing to Mike Tyson in, in Paris. So this is, this is, what, this is where it comes from. It's, it's, a, it's, it's basically just a fucking dig at real autograph sharks who professionally do this for a living the people that go to WWE airports and all that kind of shit jesus i i i never uh or, and austin's never made a a serious effort for an autograph like like to this extent i've never chased after anybody i've never 
like followed anybody more than fucking two, three feet, like to actually get something. It's been a case of Other I'm gonna wait Brock. here. <laughs> well, what was the Brock situation? Well, following him to the fucking because uh, he promised you guys he would sign, so you were following him to the fucking uh, elevator, and then they said, "Oh, no, that was yeah." yeah. <laughs> So, so, so he signed for Austin, right? Yeah. And he goes, and he went, oh, he went, oh, he went, oh, I'll get you guys when he goes, he'll get you guys when he comes out. He really needs to eat. So I was like, all right. So he comes out, he walks past us, and we think, oh, he wants us to follow him. <laughs> he wants to do it by the elevator. He, he wants to do it by the elevator. Right? Yeah. And he, I think he probably would have if it wasn't already open. And then he, it, it's open, so he gets in. And he's like, he never fucking said what he said. <laughs> That that is the worst video I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it looks so fucking awful. I go, never let this video see the light of day. <laughs> so it's I'm just confused. I like what's going on in that video. So many so many others. So many other two guys that are there as well. It's like, what the f what, what happened here? It doesn't make any I, the sense. best part of that story is that the the guys who bought him breakfast and he said he would sign for them. And then he goes, see you later. He oh, that's a, the next. That's the, the next. free breakfast yeah. that goes on. I can't sign. See ya. <laughs> oh my god! Ordered everything on the fucking menu. Oh fuck! That's fucking. It's so Brock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he went. Uh, he went. Oh, can I do it? He, he went. Oh, can I have a? He goes. Oh, thank. He went over to him. He was like, oh, "Thank you for the breakfast, sir. I really appreciate that." Uh, he goes. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. But he went, can I have the um? Can I have a photo or whatever? He goes, yeah, when I'm done, whatever. And I think he, I think he was, I think he said, yeah, when I'm done. And then he went, no, sorry, I've got a guy. Yeah, sorry, dear. I gotta leave. I, think, I can't remember the exact story. I remember it exactly at the time. So it was told to me the day before I actually did it and said it on the show. But yeah, I think now I can't remember what it was. But I know the guy got fucked over. So it's amazing. So all right, kids, we're out of here. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next Friday. Uh, remember, you know. Oh, I think you know. You know uh, I actually know. Did you know the guy? Saw, I think I'm, I'm getting it confused. You know, I saw the guy. The guy tried to do it again, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the guy, if I remember correctly, saw him again and tried to do the same thing again. And uh, I think Brock turned it down. I think Brock turned, so Brock, the last time he so Brock so he did so he was in the same hotel as him again, and tried to do it again. And this is why I think I got confused because it's two stories coming together, but this is a separate story. So the first time he was just he he said he would do it, and then he just left. The second time he bought him breakfast, um, Brock Lesnar turned the breakfast down, and he went, "Don't ever, don't you just don't ever buy me, don't ever buy me breakfast again." Wow! Don't, don't you just don't ever. Try he went. He went. He went over to him. He goes, "Oh, that guy's paying. For you. That guy's paying." And then Brock went over to him. He goes, "Don't ever do that. Don't ever do this again." Jesus, <laughs> guy probably shit his fucking pants too. Shit. All yeah. right. So I think this. He didn't take the breakfast and didn't because he knew it was about. He knew it was a way to ask for the photo afterwards. I think so. Yeah, that that's the second part of the story. I don't remember what event that was, but obviously it was after SummerSlam. So yeah, I think. It wasn't mania either, so it, was, so it was definitely rumble then, I guess. All right, kids, remember, have the suicide hotline handy when you're watching wrestling. We wouldn't want you to hurt yourselves. Uh, that's it. He's Billy. I'm Cav. See you next Friday. Extend your fucking condolences.